and welcome to an emergency edition, an emergency edition of the Ringer NBA show. I am Logan Murdoch, joined by Kevin O'Connor. It's kind of crazy that we're doing this. It's a mashup Monday edition going on right now. We're starting this at 9 p.m. Pacific time on a Friday night, right after the Celtics beat the Raptors in an epic game seven. What'd you think about that, Kevin? Logan, I mean, we're together talking for the first time face to face on Zoom. Yeah, I've exactly, never, right? I've, we've never had a conversation <laughs> that was not DM or text. It's kind of wild. But for a game like this, for a night of games like this, we yeah. had to do this. And yeah. my goodness, man, I mean, what a end this game seven to what was a memorable series game yes. to game with epic performances clutch shots clutch defensive plays that block marcus smart had the oh. down the stretch of this game my goodness man there were a lot and, of plays uh, in this game you know the, there was mm. the play where um marcus smart gets the offensive foul and then you know it seems like Kyle Lowry's pulling him down and then the next play uh you know Marcus Smart gets the block on the other end there was so much excitement in this game and it was a low scoring game our producer TD was saying this in the in the group chat that we had it was a very low scoring game mm. but in this era of pace and space it was kind of a welcome sight to see that there was so much excitement within a uh, within a low scoring game how did how did you feel about that it was so much defense being played which is something that's not celebrated often in this day no doubt I mean, isn't it nice to see some defense? It really is. And and we saw that really this entire series with some of the tactical adjustments that both Nurse and Stevens made and the players. I mean, I said this on our Tuesday show with Chris Vernon, but like I'm amazed at the players' ability to adapt to mm-hmm. all these changes that every each team is doing, constantly needing to think. And, sure. and I'm curious about your thoughts on this. I can't help but think about it shows the importance of like obviously like shooting matters and obviously yeah. athleticism matters but you got to be able to think the game at a high level to win at this stage in the playoffs. Definitely, especially you know I, I know covering the Warriors you you have to have that cerebral talent because that's the thing that gets exposed in these times. You talk to any great player, they always say that the game slows down in this time where you have to use your head because at this point everybody knows plays. Everybody knows your plays. They know all your sets. It's about that extra adjustment that happens. And um, fortunately for these two teams, they are great at tactical adjustments. They are great at learning on the fly. When you talk about two coaches like Nick Nurse and Brad Stevens, um, you get to see great basketball when that happens. And we saw that during the series. Yeah, I mean, really across the board, the the only guy who... I mean, you could say he he played really hard, Pascal Siakam, for the most part, except for the second half in this Game 7. He had some struggles on defense in Game 7, but for the most part, he's really good on defense. But yeah. he's really the only guy that you can point to and be like, damn, what happened there? I mean, yeah. uh, w- what's your assessment of what went wrong for Siakam in this series? I just think that it's a it's a crossroads for him at this point where – You know, he doesn't. I think that this is something that uh, Van Gundy pointed out is that this team just doesn't have guys that can finish by creating their own shot. 
right? And mm-hmm. and he's not one of those guys yet. I'm not sure that he's one of those guys that's a number one person right now. You know, we saw him with Kawhi last year just dominate Draymond Green in the finals in game one, right? And we thought that in, with this season that he was going to groom into a number one guy. He he proved in this series that he is not. Now, can he grow from that? I don't know. But I know from seeing these seven games that he is, he is not ready to take that step at this moment. So I, I don't know. I, I just... It was kind of disappointing because I thought that he was going to take this next step in this series. It just never happened. Kyle Lowry had to be the number one guy for most of this mm. most of this time during the series for the Raptors, and that was disappointing for me. For sure, and with Siakam, he did show those signs early in the season, and right. I think a lot of that was probably some hot shooting from mm-hmm. him in the first two months of the year. Then he did cool off after he got back from an injury in January, and he you know he fell back down into his low thirty percent range from three. Uh, but like I, I, part of it with this series was, you know, Marcus Smart and especially Jalen Brown, you yeah. know, long, great, high level wing defenders that made it hard for him and showed his weak handle. But then there's other plays where it's like Grant Williams is locking him up and yeah. Robert Williams. He can't he couldn't even turn the corner on Robert Williams. And it's like there's something more that's wrong there with him that needs to change moving forward, especially with his handle. Uh, yeah. But for Toronto. Ultimately, I mean, it's Lowry and Van Vliet that you needed as your primary creators here. And with Nick Nurse, you know, on Twitter tonight, there's people saying Siakam should be pulled because you're struggling you, you, so much. No. Do, you, you don't no. agree? I don't either. You, you, I don't, don't either. you don't pull. You don't pull your guy like that. He's a max deal guy. I'm with you. You keep him in there. But I think the biggest question is, can he take that next step in the half court? Because mm-hmm. he's such a great player. He can. Pl- I think losing Kawhi really hurt him in that way because. You need that extra guy. It, it t- Kawhi took a lot of pressure off of him last year. Um, when you talk about uh, down the stretch, hitting jump shots and hitting that mid-range shot and, um, you know, you know everything that comes with that. I think that, um, you know, Siakam has to build to that number one option. We'll see if that happens. Do you think that he can do that? I mean, I'm not going to say no because you look at what he was at New Mexico State and then you look at what he is today and you're seeing – the same guy who is just like 10 times better in every single category already as a ball handler. He was, he was somebody in college who couldn't really shoot. He couldn't, he could handle a little bit, but not like he can now. So I wouldn't rule that out. Ultimately though, he has already, you know, surpassed what I think even Toronto could have hoped for. But yeah. the key thing is, is, you know, the ball handling ability and the ability to make quick reads off the dribble. And that's something we saw Jason Tatum do. He didn't have the best scoring series in terms of efficiency. Like he wasn't off the charts there, but the leap he has taken as a playmaker, making quick reads on the floor when he's getting pressured, when he's getting hounded, uh, it was really remarkable to see from March when the season ended to July when the restart start uh, happened to now in the postseason against Toronto. I mean, what a a leap for him to take for Boston because that's what to me elevates the Celtics from like a really fun team that could make a sure. deep run to a legitimate contender. Yeah, I think and, and Tatum was the second youngest player to uh with 25 5 and the 25 10 and 5 in a game 7 in NBA history. The youngest player was his idol Kobe Bryant. Wow. Which is which wow. is with all that's going on with Kobe this, you know, his death yeah. and all that that's happened over the last few months. That's a pretty big deal. Wow. But with, with with Tatum is 
you could see that, like you said, during the back half of that season. This season was um, his growth, especially in that Lakers game. When he went on the mm-hmm. road and they, they, the duel he had against LeBron James, you could really see growth in that. And, you know, with Kyrie, and I, I know this has been docu- got documented, but he wasn't able to grow in that way. And I think that, you know, with Kyrie gone, he's able to take that number one um, role and run with it. I'm I'm really excited to see him play up against Miami. Me too. I mean, that this Boston-Miami matchup, Boston beat Miami twice during the regular season, lost to them in the seeding games uh, before the playoffs began. Miami's a different team now. I mean, like I don't know how much you can really look at those regular season matchups. They didn't have Jay Crowder. They didn't have Andre Iguodala. And who were the guys that they're going to have on Tatum? It's those two. They're the guys that are going to stick on Tatum and be like, get stops. Just like yeah. we saw with Toronto this series, putting OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam, who did, a, I would say, a really good job for the most part. Yeah. I mean, they contained Tatum scoring as best they can going against an all-star. Tatum just has leveled up with the playmaking ability. But Miami, man, I mean, one thing that's going to be really cool to see in this upcoming series is they ran zone more than anybody in the NBA during the regular season. They didn't run any of it, any of it in the first two rounds. Yeah. And now against Boston, we saw Toronto have some success with different types of zones, mixed success. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they took Kemba out with the box and one, but it led to open shots for others. I do want to get to that. Yeah, I do. I do want to get to um, before we get to, to the Celtics Miami Heat um, series, which I think is going to be great. I think it, might, it has the potential to be another seven game series. Mm. But yeah. what is the biggest takeaway of this one? Right. Because when we first see this series, this Miami, I'm not this Miami, this uh, Celtics uh, Raptors series, we think the Celtics are probably going to sweep, right? Like they they go in, you know, they they win they they win, and then you have the OG Ananobi shot, right? <laughs> and then that just changes almost three zero, almost three zero, almost a mm-hmm. sweep. If if OG doesn't hit that shot, I think it's yep. a sweep five games at most. But then the OG shot just changes the complete <laughs> complexion of the series. What is your biggest takeaway from that when you when you see how much of a roller coaster this series has been? <laughs> I mean, I think this is also true with the other game we saw tonight with the Clippers and Nuggets and last round with Nuggets and Jazz. A series is never over. It's just never over, especially when you're talking about these types of teams Mm -hmm. with really smart players who are adaptable and resilient. You can never say never. And, and, like, that gets back to my, you know, earlier point about, like, just how smart these players are. Sure. You know, I mean, like there, there's an athletic element with that Marcus Smart block. There's also a, an IQ element with his ability to time that. Play that block and- was crazy to me because it just I, it, it was one of those things where you see Norman Powell going, and I for some reason I just knew that Norman wasn't yes. going to make that. I knew yes. that he wasn't going to get that layup. Yep. I I just knew that Marcus Smart was going to mm-hmm. come out of nowhere and block it. And, and it was funny because it seemed like a breakaway layup for Norman, right? And yeah. Marcus Smart comes out of nowhere, but were you really surprised? No, no, I saw Marcus coming and I, I've always said this. I said this when he was at Oklahoma State because he's just that type of player who has a knack for the moment. For he the just moment, does. Yes. He, even last game, last game in game six, late fourth quarter, he dove into, you know, what would have been the first row and saved the ball, passed it back in bounds, but Daniel Tice wasn't looking for it. If Tice was looking, he would have had a layup. Smart just has always had an ability in those clutch moments to make big time plays, man. And like in some ways, it wasn't surprising <laughs> that he got that block as amazing as it was. I think the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway for me was the 
Toronto Raptors' lack of execution down the stretch yeah. of this game. It was it was so tough to watch. And especially the the, the late foul on Laur, uh, by Lowry. And then to go back and just have a horrible possession from Van Bleet, right? There's... He gets the ball in the wing, and then he gets it in the corner where you do not want to have the ball where the game is on the line, right? And then he doesn't pass it away. He tries to take a screen, and he just puts up a horrible shot that had absolutely no chance of going in. I just feel like if there was just a little bit more movement in that, maybe you get the Van Vliet gets the ball back and hits a shot, but there's under no circumstances do you need a Van Vliet ISO in that moment. He was hunting the three too much, I felt. I right. mean, it's like you don't want to get two there because then you only have one time left. But I feel like he was hunting the three a little bit too much. And, you know, he took that really bad shot. And and with Toronto, we've seen the struggles of the lack of – I mean, really that play mm-hmm. symbolized this entire series and season for them. They just don't have that high-level shot-creating player – that you need in the playoffs. I mean, Lowry is really, 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 really good. Siakam during the season what had his ups and downs, and he was really down in the postseason. And Van Vliet has his ups and downs too. Yeah. But they don't have a guy that's like at that special level that you need that we're seeing in different playoff series. Yeah. I, I It's going to be curious to see next season what Siakam does, if he can get that ball handled, if he can take mm. that next step, because that's going to be so important for the for the Raptors. But... We have another series. We have the West, mm-hmm. the Eastern Conference Finals, the Heat Celtics. Oh boy, it's going at least six games. Kevin O'Connor, yeah, <laughs> I have I think, news I for you. So what uh, are I think the so too, Logan? Let's rank some of the best players here. What do you? Who is the who? Because I know Bill always talks about it. Always comes down to the best players of the series. Who are the best players in this? Let's let's go top three players in this series. Who are your top three players from both teams in this series? I mean, Jimmy Butler and Jason Tatum, you know, first five. two come to mind. Sorry, sure. sorry, sorry. Let's go top five. I apologize. Let's do that. Top, I mean, there's a lot of good players. You know, yeah. we might want to stretch it out from three, maybe even to ten if we have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Jimmy Jimmy Butler and Jason Tatum, I would have first two on my list. I mean, who's yeah. up after that? Do, do we agree on that? We agree on that. I think we agree okay. on that. It, I think it's on a given night, though, because it just – I think the Heat are the my favorite team in this in this bubble right now. Just to watch from on it, they're just such real ones. And um, mm-hmm. the leader of that is Jimmy Butler. And yeah. so I think it go one A one B on that. I think number two would probably be um, I don't know. I'm, I'm really curious to see how Kemba does. I'm really curious, but also Bam Adebayo was the clear number two to me um, as in this series. And um, probably after that, uh, I think it go Kemba. I can go down so the Bam line. over Kemba. Interesting. I think Interesting. I go Bam over Kemba. I, I think I, I'm kind of biased towards shot creators. So I yeah. give Kemba the edge at this point in the season. But Bam Bam is a shot creator in his own way, though. He's yeah. shown, you know, Rob Mahoney wrote a jumpers. great article. Yeah, man, dude, he's shooting <laughs> jumpers all of a sudden. I mean, Rob Mahoney wrote a really nice article about this on The Ringer about, you know, it's not just shooting bigs that are important. It's playmaking bigs. and. And Bam out of bio with his ability to get the ball at the elbow or bring the ball, you know, up after a rebound adds a whole new element to Miami's offense. So I say I'm biased toward shot creators. And then you just and then you just do a whole spiel on Bam. But but Bam is a shot creator in his own way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Who wins this series and how many games? I'd give the edge to Boston. I mean, we say one A, one B on Butler and Tatum. They're different types of scores. Butler, you know better at getting to the rim, better at drawing fouls. But Tatum, I give a slight edge to with the, the ability to create 
from you know deep two and three point range. Uh, so I'd, I'd give the edge there between those two, and thus I'm going to give the the slight edge to Boston. But I'd pick this. How to many go games? Seven. How many? Seven. Okay, seven. Okay. It's going to be a tight series. Another the, really close one. I have the Heat in seven. Heat in seven. I love the. I just love the Heat. I I love how they play basketball, and I just love watching them every night. But so so let's say so you're picking Miami. I'm picking Boston. Yes. What needs to go right for Boston for them to win the series? And then I'll respond saying what needs to go right for Miami. The thing that needs to go right. Tatum, well, no, Kimba has to play well. Kimba, I don't know. I, I I was scared off of Kimba just because of this spot with this box and one did to him tonight. He just has to overcome that. If they, if they, because I know we talk about in the in the Monday show, uh, Raja talks about zoning and what happens. It's not to stop a player; it's to get him off their game. And yep. I'm curious to see what Kimba the does in this aspect. series. The mental aspect, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see what Kimba does with that mental aspect. So I think that would be the X factor for me. He has to play well. I think that's really fair. And and for Miami, I would expect Boston's going to do everything in their power to shut off the two-man game between Bam and Duncan Robinson or Bam and Tyler Hero. And if Miami can get that going, if they can get that going, it's going to be hard for Boston because Butler's going to get his, Bam's Mm -hmm. going to get his. You know, these guys are going to do what they do. But it's those other guys that if Boston can shut them down. And also, Jay Crowder, too, shooting the heck out of it, too. Mm -hmm. Does he cool off at all? Or is this for real? Which I tend to lean towards it's for real because there's some slight changes in his shooting mechanics so uh, i'd say it's those other guys that that from miami they need them to either step up or you know stay up they've been awesome yeah also gordon haywood yeah could be true he he's probably going to be back and and at some point in this series the baby's not due until late september you know so we'll see what happens there tough time and coming back from injury right before a a baby's being born (laughs) right right um before we get out of here let's I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the Clippers Nuggets, the early yeah. game. I am awesome. so disappointed in the LA Clippers. Mm. And you listen to the Monday NBA show, you know how I feel about the Clippers right now. I just feel like they have so much, they are such a talented team with so many championship aspirations. When you have a team in a closeout situation and you're up double digits, you have to put the nail in the coffin. They did not do that. That was very disappointed, disappointing to me. And it came really with the same exact scripts. They're up. Then Montrez Harrell comes in the game for Zubats. Yep. And Harrell has all season long not been great, uh, even though he won sixth man of the year. I, I mean, I'm still kind of surprised that he did win over Schroeder, but that's a different conversation. With Harrell in the playoffs, he has been horrible. The Clippers are outscoring opponents by 109 points with Zubats on the floor. They're getting outscored by 41 points with Harrell on the floor. And you might say, you know, oh, that maybe that's because Zubats is playing more with Kawhi. But no, with Zubats and Kawhi on the floor together, the Clippers are outscoring opponents by 86 points in their minutes. With Kawhi and Harrell, they're getting outscored by 58. So I, I am continually shocked that Doc is sticking with Harrell here. I mean, we said with Siakam, it made sense for Nurse to stick with him. Yeah. But for Doc Rivers to continue rolling with Harrell, does a change need to be made there, either this series or next round against the Lakers? Yeah, that's that that's really going to be something to look at. And especially with the Lakers, man, when when they are going to attack Harold and they're going to attack Lou Williams on that pick and roll. Yeah. That's just that's Every what it's possession. gonna be. Every, Every possession. possession. That's what they're gonna do. 
We'll see what the Clippers do. I, I, the Clippers win in the next game, I believe. So, like, I think that I don't think that it goes. I think they got their wake up call. I hope. Um, I mean, this has happened all year long, though, all year long. And that's Weird my biggest team that gripe. Goes through these stretches, they are the team that hasn't won anything but acts like they've won everything. <laughs> And so I, I I don't know, but we got to wrap. This was fun. This was fun. This, this was great. the first yeah. time it was a little merging of, of shows. I like this. This is kind of cool. Like we got to do this I, again I like sometime. Crossover pod for yeah, an emergency man. show. Maybe we'll get more of these. Maybe should, should we'll be see some more happens. great games. Yeah. Shout out to the mismatch. Make sure you guys tap in with the mismatch. This, uh, give give your plug. We give your plug. I mean, we're Tuesdays and Fridays. Uh, me and Chris Vernon. It's you know, it's been great doing it with him, and and you and Raja are killing it. You, yes. you guys find a name yet, or you just uh, will it come? It's just naturally. Well, well, it's it's coming naturally. That's that's actually something you guys got to do. Tap in and give us some names. We're looking for some names. Yeah. We're the Monday NBA show right now. Yes. And so, but yeah, tap in. This has been Logan Murdoch and Kevin O'Connor, aka Kevin O'Conference Finals. Oh, oh, oh! Um, Great Chris Vernon impression, right you see, here. You see, shout out Chris Vernon. Shout out Memphis. I love Memphis. Shout out, shout out all the barbecue out there. Shout out Rendezvous. Shout out all my people in Memphis. But um, thank you, Kevin. Thanks, Sasha, our producer. Thanks, TD, our producer. We'll see you guys very, very, very soon. See you later. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you.